Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore Podcast, a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. Back in March, we celebrated Women's History Month with a stellar lineup of female team members under this year's theme, Celebrating Women Who Tell Our Stories. Now it's May, and we continue to work through our brilliant hit list of female talent at Framestore. This week, we invite special guest, Mumbai-based VFX compositor, Arti Shukla, to take on the dailies. And joining us for this week's episode as co-host is Mina Alvarez Macchio, a London-based compositor. This was a lot of fun to record, so please settle in and enjoy episode 19, part one of the Framestore podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast. Every two weeks, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's craft, work or career path, and we let the magic happen. We split each episode in two parts across the week. On today's episode, I warm them up by inviting our guest to the Framestore podcast daily session, our 13-question grilling, followed by Thursday's second part, where our co-host leads a deeper dive into why we invited them on the pod in the first place. On this week's episodes, we continue our series of conversations celebrating Women's History Month. This year's theme is celebrating women who tell our stories. So as always, we are very well placed at Framestore to have these discussions where we continue to spotlight women's achievements, increase visibility and raise awareness of roles, disciplines and different perspectives across our global community. Today, we invite Mumbai-based VFX compositor Artie Shukla to take on the dailies. With 14 years in the VFX industry, Artie started out at Prime Focus back in 2008 as a texturing and roto prep artist, then quickly moved to Red Chili's VFX as a junior comper eight months later. It was a move to DNEG in November 2013 as lead compositor that saw her work on shows including Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and Kingsman Secret Service. Then, after four years at the studio, moved to MPC Bangalore to contribute to shows such as The Lion King, West Side Story, Dumbo, One Division, and loads more. Now at Framestore Mumbai since October 2021, Artie has worked on the epic Moon Knight, his dark materials, and a number of top secret shows that we're not allowed to discuss. Joining us for this week's episode as co-host is Shamina alvarez Machio, London-based compositor who has been in the industry since 2017 at studios including Lexhag, The Farm, MPC, Milk, and now at Framestore as of July 2021, with show credits under her belt including Lockwood & Co., His Dark Materials, Moon Knight, Thor, Love & Thunder, and Matrix Resurrections, again, to name a few. There's the introduction. It's another long one. Welcome, Artie and Shamina, to the podcast. How the devil are you? Hi. Hi, Simon. Hi, Zimena. Thank you for having me. Hi there. Well, very excited to be here, ready to be Officer Spock to your Captain uh, Kirk, Simon. Oh, I'll take Captain <laughs> Kirk. Yes, absolutely. This is a, a love a metaphor on a podcast. Well, it's great to be here, uh, and it's great to have another uh, member of the Mumbai team on the podcast. 
We had Prashant on the podcast who did uh, the studio Justice and uh, did the studio Proud. And now we have Artie on the podcast who comes highly recommended. I'm aware of your work because actually I'm aware of both of your work because you're also active members of our global uh, mentoring community. Yes, my general. Which is great. So thank you for your service. Continue. My pleasure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes. Thank you. The Star Trek theme is, is developing already. So, um, yeah, welcome to the pod. Um, so, how's life in Mumbai, Artie? What, what's, uh, I know you can't talk about what you're working on at the moment, but you can be cryptic. You can talk about kind of what, what your experience is to date. You know, how is life at the studios? It continues to grow. Well, um, it's exciting. I mean, definitely, you know, when you gave the introduction, it sounded like I am uh, the member of some MI7 team and I'm working on this <laughs> really top secret project that we can't speak about. Uh, it's somewhat like that, but... You know, that's the excitement because when it comes out and the world can see it and you, you know, you're on top of it and you can declare that, you know, this, what you see is what we've worked on. Yeah. So I love that. And that way, you know, it, it's been very exciting working here. And I found out in our little preamble before we hit record that you've both worked on uh, similar shows. Obviously, you've seen it in my intro that you've both yeah. been involved in yeah. Star Materials and, and Night. I had no idea. You know, we got you both together mainly because of uh, Zamina's um, interest in compositing, obviously, it's your day job. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, Artie, you were connected via, you know, it was actually Steph from marketing who said you have to get Artie on the podcast. She's awesome. So. Oh. That brought you together, but I had no idea you both worked on uh, the same show, so you're already acquainted, which yeah, is great. Yeah, I mean, Zemena did not know it, but with such an unusually beautiful name that she has, Aww. I kind of remembered her. Trust me, her name is very unusual, so that's how I remembered her. Oh, that's you're so sweet. Bless you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I don't, if I remember correctly, I think the sequence that we were sharing with Mumbai in, well, a lot of the sequence that we share in Mumbai with Haftak, Moon Knight, is the sequence of the fight, the first fight in second episode when he's tumbled mm. around, isn't it? You right, were working on right. that one. Yes, yes. A lot of my work is actually in the second episode. So, yes, yeah. you're right. Do, do you remember how it was to work on that? Like, uh, because Moon Knight, it has a part that is the actor, our lovely Oscar. And yeah. the other part is the suit. The suit it has to be white, prestige, magical and amazing. Pristine white, it had to be. I remember uh, I had some of my colleagues who were, you know, very tediously working on making it look as pristinely white as possible like literally close to close to the angels it yeah. just had to be white no matter no matter where he fell no matter what he did he needs to have a clean suit yeah his, the magical suit yeah, yeah and also it has that combination between cg and a real proper stance movement so it's like the mixture of the cloth that has to be cg and Mixed yep. perfectly with the... The cape, I remember. That was quite a challenge. Yeah. What, what do you think it was a challenge? What was the, the specific on that? I think the parts where there were these transitions that were happening. Uh-huh. That was one thing. Uh, also, I think it was the second episode where there was this very huge tussle yeah. uh, in the exterior, you know. With the bus. They hitting against the car, uh, the bus, the open road. So there was a lot of transition work. There was a lot of, uh, you know, interaction that was happening there, which was very challenging. But, you know, apart from it being an amazing show, uh, my biggest challenge or the biggest thing that I had to look at it was that was my first show with Framestore. Oh, my. So, <laughs> Starting well. Yeah. That. So 
so i was a little more you know involved in it uh-huh. yeah yeah i uh, yeah i remember it was it was a tough one that one yeah i think the second episode and after that i suppose it was the fifth and the sixth episode which had quite a lot of challenging work yeah. with the you know the extensions and of course the beautiful towerit the yeah pg character yeah wow well yeah don't use a pool of your a1 <laughs> questions as you mean before the, I'm sorry before, it's just before we wrap up episode 1 these are great just remembering things like uh that that we old times we're yeah. remembering old times simon you are doing a wonderful job of uh, say because you know with any podcast you've got to get into the small talk and uh, you've saved me the job you got straight into the you know technicalities of moon night which is brilliant that's what happens when you get two girls together we're very we, chatty so <laughs> we realized it on friday well we're talking about two girls or two female compositors you know, we're here still celebrating women's history month now we're recording this on a for me it's a monday morning hence me getting all my words mixed up earlier i've only had one cup of coffee already um and uh, but we're here to celebrate women's history month which is great and we've had so many nominated names for the podcast and you know it's not like we we exclusively don't interview female talent outside of women's history month but we've had so many great names um put forward that i've got three four months worth of uh, guests lined up which is great so even though this will come out after march it's likely going to drop uh, april may time i still want to ask the question i've been asking all of our guests which is what does women's history month mean to you rt if you can take that first for me women's history month would you know in layman's term if i had to say it would be just one month or maybe this month which is being dedicated to appreciate the women in your life in your company or you know those who those whom you come across your life you know it it could be anyone it could be your coworker it could be your mother or you know just just maybe a flower lady that you cross by every day who gives you a you know a very simple nod maybe that just makes your day i mean that's just hmm. this month is mo- mostly used to appreciate them yeah. that's that's com- that's a completely layman term that i'm using it might have more connotations to it but that's how i look at it it's taking a pause isn't it to appreciate like you say you use the term appreciation yeah which is just taking a pause and like you say when we in industry when we talk about women's history month it's always about like what we're doing now is we're spotlighting people in our company who do are doing incredible things but actually it's it's bigger than that right to your point yes, it is the, your colleagues and those wonderful photos i saw from um, the mumbai studio on linkedin um on on international women's day mm. actually you know mothers and grandmas and sisters it's you know. it's very i mean as you just said that you you might just you know run over this one month itself that is i guess you know uh, a proof to its proof to this thing itself that you know there are so many things to appreciate that one month is less for it yeah i think it just shows yeah exactly how about you uh, ashmina what's your take on um i think it's a great moment to uh, celebrate and remember all the rights that we earn in the last couple of uh, 100 years yeah. uh, and remember that we don't all the women around the world don't have the same possibilities and rights and uh being able to work we are able to have the liberty to study the will to walk around the street we gave it for granted but it doesn't happen everywhere i think every country has their own little fight going uh with a uh, women's right further i think women's right are human rights yes i agree and people have to remember sometimes like female women rights are human rights because we'll expand everyone else's rights 
So, for example, uh, in the UK right now, there is a miscarriage leave bill that is trying to guarantee that everyone uh, that have the misfortune of losing a kid uh, have at least three days of work uh, if a pregnant and before 24 weeks. That's for fathers and mothers. And we don't have that. Uh, we are very lucky to work in a company that is excellent taking care of mothers and parents. And even if you want to adopt, and uh, we are very lucky, but that doesn't happen in all the companies. And I think we it's a time to celebrate, but also to remember that we still have things to fight and move forward. Yeah, there's still a there's still a journey there, isn't there? It's not. Yeah, we're not done yet for sure. Um, and going back to what you said earlier about you know working both of you in, in compositing. I mean, we've, we've raised this on a number of podcasts about VFX still being very male dominated, particularly on the, the artist side. Um, and, you know, we've, we've made great strides over the years. I mean, I've only been in industry for 10 years and seen the changes. I mean, 2D, 3D departments in previous companies were arguably 90 odd percent male. I mean, it was ridiculous mm-hmm. in terms of the stats. What it, what's your experience of being a female compositor, female VFX artist in in the industry today, Artie, what's your so thoughts it, on that? You know, one of the reasons, if, if you were to ask me uh, for the reason of it being male dominated and seeing less of, you know, women is, uh, there was very less uh, exposure to this field. Very few people knew that, you know, there is a field of this kind which can be picked up as a career. You know, <laughs> I remember when I started off, you know, so many years ago, uh, it took me a while to make people understand what exactly am I doing. The most layman term I had to use was, uh, you know, I do so and so, but they were like, oh, so you work on cartoons. So do you actually earn money out of it? I'm like, um, okay, um, fine, fine. It's Yeah, it's cartoons, you, you could say that. But yeah, there is money. It is a career yeah. and it is a legitimate field in, in our country. Today, today things have changed. Uh, that quite a lot of them come in and uh, you know frame store particularly I have seen that there have been females in every department that I come across it's not like yeah it might have been in another company but I don't see that happening here anymore so that's the take that I see today awesome thank you Artie uh, same question to you as uh, what's your take on on working in a mostly male dominated field um I have worked in the industry since I was like very little. So I have encountered uh, people are great, people are really open-minded, and people that are uh, afraid or very uncomfortable working with women. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to behave <laughs> or talk. Um, I think that has been changed with times. Uh, there is still uh, people learning to adapt to that. And then... Uh, you get the negative part, but the negative part, I take it as a learning experience because then you can realize when you are in a good company or when you are surrounded by good people. Yeah. Um, even though right now on the comp floor, it's Monday morning and, and no, there are people coming to the office on Monday morning. We are two girls. No, we are three girls and everyone else is male. And that's fine. That's comfortable because all the our coworkers respect us, treat us uh, like any other human being, and that seems very basic. But that doesn't happen in every company. Yeah. 
And uh, I think the only way to see changes is to go every day to work and be there and be a presence and show like, hey, I'm human. I'm a human. I have flesh and bones just like you. Um, yeah, it's, it's a constant. Um, yeah, that's why I'm so happy here. Yeah. Because I'm respect and that you don't get that sometimes. Yeah, that's good. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm bringing everyone down now. Ooh. No, you're not. This is great. I mean, respect. <laughs> I love that. It's a strong word and it's so important. You know, you want to come to work in whatever work, walk, walk of life, wherever you come from, whatever your role is, you want to be respected for what you bring to the table. And I think having. And at the same time, I think feeling like being a part of the big picture. Yeah. You kind of feel included. You, mm. That's the feeling that you get. And also it's like, you're not a token. You're not the token. You're not the women there just to feel uh, the yeah. diversity quote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you're, you're there because you're good at what you're doing and you're value because what you're doing. Mm. And that's uh, brightless sometimes. It's, it's, it feels really nice to be treated so well. No, there's some great, great words here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pause that conversation there because we've got so much to get through and I know sorry. no no don't apologize <laughs> this is a conversation that we will weave through the, the mm. baby's questions absolutely I mean the questions there are the questions we're about to go through are a framework for a rich conversation and I'm sure we'll come back to the conversation around respect and value and women's history month and you know the the, the work of you both as 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 compers in in our industry and at frame store so uh we're not done, but I do need to cue the big dramatic sound effect that's going to drop from on high and we're going to oh get my. into dailies. So cue dramatic sound effect. And we're into the dailies, Artie. And my first question, which I think we've established, because I always do this, I always answer the question in my garbled intro at the start, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is who, where, what, who are you, where are you, and what are you working on? only if you're allowed to talk about it. So, well, I'm, I'm right now sitting in my house cozily because we have this option of work from home at Frame Store. So I'm taking I'm taking the full benefit of it on a warm, sunny day. That, that's the weather that you come across in Mumbai in, in March. Of course. So I, I think that's that's one good thing. And uh, I, I've been with Frame Store. You've already said it, but, you know, I've, I've been here since it's, it started its inception in compositing department. In fact, I was the third person to be hired in the compositing department wow. for Mumbai. Let me reiterate that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I started and there's been no looking back. I, I've enjoyed my journey so far. And I think the best is yet to come. I mean, with Framestore. It's such a young studio. It must be so cool to be there from its inception to be at Framestore Mumbai from yes. day, I mean, arguably day one but you've been there from the start and you get to go on that journey with your peers to see what what, what Framestore Mumbai becomes and the shows you work on and how because it's in, it's in its growth phase at the moment isn't it of course because it's still such a new yes, studio it is. so it must be so cool for you to see all these new people join obviously we've got loads of launch pads happening at the moment in in Mumbai um, how's, how does that feel to be part of because you've moved around the industry a bit as we established mm -hmm. in um in your intro, but how does it feel to be at a studio from day one, to be part of its growth? Framestore has been in this industry for too long, but you know, when it decided to open its branch here in India and specifically in my home city of Mumbai, I just couldn't stop myself from applying. So 
I came in, I saw, I, I, you know, from day one, what I have seen is there have already been quite a few, you know, uh, changes of happening over here, right from how the seating arrangements have been put in. I mean, they had to literally make space for more people to come in because we have this ever-growing team over here. Until last year, um, there were only plans to, you know, uh, develop the 3D departments, but now we have people coming in. In fact, every month, there are many new faces to look at. Now Now I'm running out of remembering people's name. There was a time when I used to remember almost everybody's name, yeah. but there are so many now that it'll take me some time now. Wow. Yeah, but you must, you must be seen almost as kind of like Framestore Mumbai royalty, you know, the founding mothers and fathers of, of Framestore Mumbai. You know. <laughs> it's a good feeling to have, but I've had people before me, like like you've had Prashant and yeah, of course. others. But, uh, you know, it gives a bit of a pride to say that, you know, you were there in the initial stages of such hmm. a huge organization when it began. So you're in the glory it, days. It's a feeling of yeah. pride. So whenever I've joined a lot of companies, I've always joined. I always felt like I've joined after the party. You know, the company's been yes. around forever. You've it been there. The you're in the party. Before. You're in the. This is the glory days. This is the the good old. You're in the good old days of Framestore Mumbai. So people will join in ten years' time, and you'll go. Oh, you weren't there. You weren't there from day one. Where <laughs> I, I never had. I've never had the opportunity to say that Framestore. You know, fulfill that that wish out of my bucket list now. Yeah, like I could say that. Tick. And, you know, the best part is, uh, there's another thing that I've noticed is in the short span that I've been here till now, uh, there have been a lot of founding members who have come into the Mumbai studio yeah. to visit us, to have a look at how things are. And they take a very keen interest to have a conversation with everyone. They, they, they try their best. How much ever fits into their time schedule, mm. they sit, they have a chat with you. If you have any questions, they make it a point to you know, emphasize this, that Mumbai is not just another branch. Hmm. They are getting all kind of good work. There's quite some good work happening here and there'll be more coming in. Yeah. You know, this, I'm sure it will happen in the future also, but with, you know, how do you say, repetition that I'm seeing now, I don't know how much of it will be there. But, you know, I could always say that, do you know, in the span of one year, I saw all three founding members of the company coming down to Mumbai and speaking to us. Yeah. Yeah, you've had, I mean, you've had Mike McGee there, you've had... Yes, Mike McGee just came in January. Mel's been over. All of them. Flies been, yeah, the whole crew, brilliant. Well, one of the things we talked about on Prashant's episode was um, almost the comparison from what's happening in India at the moment to what happened back in the day in Soho when all the studios started to appear, you know, in the 90s, you know, the frame stores, mm-hmm. and the, the mills and the, the D-negs and... and uh, and that's happening in Mumbai, or not in Mumbai, but in India now. You've got this almost Silicon yeah. Valley of VFX happening where you've got these... So nice to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting time to be in VFX and be in India, I think, at the moment, which is really cool. So you've touched on it already. You talked about the, the best part of being part of the team. My question as part of the dailies, and I'm going to ask this to both of you. So, uh, uh, Jamina, you're going to get uh, this question too. So, as I said at the start, keeping you on your toes as well. <laughs> diligently doing your prep there for part two. Um, but what's the best part of being part of Framestore? What's the best thing about being part of Framestore? I should rephrase that. It's the cheesy question. Zimina, do you want to go to it first? Do you want to copy my homework? <laughs> hey, no, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> okay, what's the best part? The best part is the people. 
I think a company is made by people. And when you have good, honest people working, uh, you're going to have a good, uh, relaxing, uh, even though crazy place to work because that's the nature of our work. We, we do very crazy, uh, exciting things uh, in the speed of light. Um, but you're surrounded by good uh, people, a nice, kind human beings. Uh, you can make it work. And that's the magic, I think, in Framestore right now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's definitely a, a theme developing on the podcast. So I think it's the same answer on every single episode. But I'm just waiting on the day, and this could be the day where we get a different answer, RT. What's your answer to that? That's the thing about being part of Framestore. You know, if I was to point out about the best thing is I get to speak to some of the brightest minds around the world. Mm. It's it's not just that I'm sitting here, like I'm speaking to you right now, Simon. So it's not just I'm speaking to the best or, you know, interacting on an everyday basis with those only in India, but... I get to speak with people in Montreal. I get to speak with people in London. I get to see their perspective of things. I learn from them. Uh, hopefully, they do enjoy my company or, you know, the kind of work I do too. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want to at least assume. Yeah. So, I, I think that's the best part. You know, you feel like you're part of the big picture. Yeah. It's not just just another branch or just another studio. It's mostly about hey, you are part of the team and we are going to do everything in our power to always keep it that mm. way. That's that's something that I have seen from day one. There's always been this very open-door policy, not just over here in Mumbai, but to everybody that I've spoken to, be it in London or be it in Montreal. Um, it's always been that way. And I'm sure it's going to just get better from here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, that kind of diversity of voices, I often take that for granted when I'm sitting on calls and or I'm running a workshop, you know, I do a lot of training workshops where we'll have somebody from Mumbai and somebody from Montreal, mm-hmm. somebody from London, somebody from somewhere in the U S you know, you get this really love, lovely cross pollination of ideas and perspectives and historically. You me- also kind of, you kind of develop a respect for the time difference. Yeah. Tell me you, about it. You, you get used to it. You, you kind of have it running in your mind at the back of your mind. Okay. Now it's going to be daylight saving. No, no, no. We're going to be one hour ahead. Oh, it's going to be behind. That's something that's also going on in your mind. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's 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 what makes it more interesting. You know, despite all the differences in time zones or the experience that we have, we always come together to create this one amazing picture, which when you look at on screen, you're proud of it. Yeah. And you can say that, hey, you know, we did that. I love that answer. Thank you. Thank you, Artie. So I want to kind of uh, go back to your your formative years in the industry, Artie, because my next question is, how did you get your break in the VFX industry? And we often associate the break with the first job, and that might well be your break. Mm-hmm. But at what point in your career was the, did the break happen for you? What was the big moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. This is my moment, if that makes sense. So, you know, uh... When I began, you've already said it in my intro that I actually began as a texturing artist, okay? Because you know, you're very young. I was, what, 18 when I started? I was doing my college with this. So you don't know, you know, for you, you're so young and you're in such an impressionable age. You think, you know, that's it. This is what I want to do. I want to be a texturing artist. Tomorrow I'm going to be a lighting artist. And then something, then something. But, you know, one fine day <laughs> in the same studio, 
I happen to see how the compositing is happening. Ah. And I was like, hey, hey, this is interesting. I don't know about this. And why didn't I think about this? And, you know, uh, that's when I went and one of my colleagues was doing some work. And I said, uh, could you teach this to me? Or could you at least tell me how it's done? And, you know, out of my work hours, I used to finish my work, that what, the task that was assigned to me for the day. And they used to say, okay, you want to be a compositor? Let's begin with a very simple job. Let's first give you roto and clean up. Okay. So you do this first. If you can do this, then yes, you can easily transition into other things. So I think, you know, that and then there was, if you see, there was this, there was this eight month gap that I had taken. Yeah. That was for my studies. And during that phase is when I, what I realized that, you know, I think compositing is what I want to pursue as a career and maybe then to higher things in life. But at that point of time, that's what came to my mind. Interesting. And that is how the big switch happened from being a 3D artist to a VFX artist or a compositor, if you want to call it. Yeah. I think that was a turning point. And, you know, we are sitting in, in this podcast, so you can say there was no looking back. Yeah. There've been some, there's been some amazing projects I've worked on and I am proud of the kind of work I've done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's really interesting because we, we talked a lot about hybrid working, or well, a little bit about hybrid working earlier. And actually your love or interest in comping came from being around compers yeah. in a non-comp yeah, I mean, role. So that curiosity of asking questions again, hey, how do you do this? Can you show me? That's really interesting. I still have questions. You know, there are times when uh, I look at some of my lighting artists, uh, colleagues, and I'm like, how do you do this? And see, I personally believe there's, there's no stopping to learning. There's always something new to learn. So, I mean, there's no harm if you know how it's done. Mm. So, so why not? I mean, learn something new yeah and look at you now amazing that was that was a worthwhile yeah. question to ask yeah that's so cool um so actually one of my questions are about how you got into vfx rt because i having stalked you on linkedin and that's where i do all my research as if you're on <laughs> I'm, I'm very yeah the odd bit of imdb but mostly it's a linkedin linear bit of um research you did a degree at the university of mumbai a ba in economics yeah. So, so what happened there, you know, studying economics and then <laughs> getting into the wacky world of visual effects? What what happened there? To make it short, um, I didn't have the option of being an undergraduate in my family. If I don't finish my education, I can't follow anything. Mm. And for some reason, I don't know what you want to call it. You want to call it my foolishness or you want to call it my intuition. But, you know, when you're young, your parents have this thought, okay, she's just picked up this career. Is she really going to pursue this? No matter how much, with how much conviction you say this to them, that I am going to pursue it. I am going to follow it. They always have this thought, no, but you need to finish your education. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'll finish it. But I am going to pursue this. So that's how I, you know, did that course. I'm like, okay, I need to be a graduate. I need to do it in some commendable subjects. I wanted to do it in English, but there wasn't an option for English. So I was like, the second best was economics. I just picked that up. Wow. How interesting. So you almost had to have that tick in the box to say, I am a graduate. I, I, there's no option of being an undergraduate in my family. Both my, my mother is a teacher. Wow. My father is a postgraduate. He, he also is in the creative field, but he's a postgraduate. Mm. So, so there was never this option of not studying in my house. I'll, I'll tell you the funny part. Even if I tell them today that I want to do higher studies after so many years of working, they're more than happy to let me do that. Like, yeah, fine. Go for it. Another degree. What's wrong with that? 
I know there is him, but then I've I've lost interest. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't. Sometimes, sometimes I get these bad dreams where there is there is an examination paper that I have to give and I've not studied for oh, it. Gosh. That's a bad dream. That's a nightmare. That is, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I did I did an MA um, years ago when I used to work in HR, and um, I barely scraped through with fifty percent. I mean, literally, <laughs> I had to retake modules. You know the worst part. I also did not have the option of falling below first class. Oh, wow. So I had to also make, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not an option. I had to get a first class. But you stuck to your guns about the creative career, which is often a battle a lot of families have, which is, you know, visual effects is often not seen as a proper job. You know, particularly, you know it's almost, what is this animation? Like you say, working in cartoons, you know, go and get a proper job. Like it, a it was, but, you know, slowly, I think it has changed. Yeah. It It has changed, thankfully. And, you know, as I said, when you're younger uh, and you're at an impressionable age, mm-hmm. uh, you might know what you're doing. You know, one of the biggest things that I've done is I've, I've stuck to my guns. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want this. I want to do this. That's what, you know, bought me this far. And hopefully it will take me further ahead. Know what you want. That, that's what my thought. That's brilliant. Not a great answer. Thank you. Really interesting. Really interesting. I love the kind of arcs people go on. I mean, I've mentioned this on a lot of these podcasts. So when you do look at LinkedIn, as I said earlier, you what you see is a very linear career path, don't you, step one? Do you know that I was actually thinking of joining BBC as a reporter and they made me already drop that idea? Wow. Yeah. Crikey. I mean, I was thinking of doing it. In fact, you know, I, I was planning to pick up a mass media course, but then they said, you can't do this. I'm like, why? But because there are more options for you. Mm. I'm like, okay give me a year you know so I let them take one decision and one is to one you took this one decision the second one I'll take wow wow yeah but like, like I was saying earlier you see this linear career path but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with all of these decisions doors opening left right and center which one do you take and and, and there's something really noble about sticking to your guns as you said Artie you know sticking to what it is you want to do so yeah congratulations on powering through that despite having to kind of rack up your first class <laughs> honours in, in economics i'm stubborn that is nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with that so i'm gonna we talked about the shows earlier we talked about all the show, various shows i mean there's lots of can't reel off all the shows that both of you have worked on collectively but if you could recommend one show that showcases framestore at its very best what would it be it's almost the show you would show to an alien to say this is what framestore does what would it be Oh, it has to be gravity. Gravity, yeah, not the first time gravity's come up. Because, and it's not just gravity. I also would love them to see our work on Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. So they need to see how are we, how are we doing it? Yeah. Gravity is, of course, I know a lot of people must have said this because of the kind of work that is done, because of the kind of research that have gone into making that movie. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a very clear choice. But why do I say Thor: Love and Thunder? Is because it was quirky and I loved it. I loved the kind of fun that we had in that movie. It, it might be a bit to do with the director that we had. He also was a little creative. Yeah, yeah. But then I loved it for some reason. I loved watching it on screen. I would show it and, you know, I would, I would tell it to them, can you imagine we can make you look this quirky? No, you are always made to look this very serious lot of people. But no. You're like this too. Yeah, it was a big bonkers movie, wasn't it? Uh, Patricia talked about that on her podcast about working on Ragnarok and her love for colour, the love for working on a colourful mm. show. 
um, as much as I absolutely gravity is your, you know, your your masterpiece frame store. Yeah, that's the benchmark we always compare yeah. to. But then it's not everything, right? There are a lot more to come. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, it's, I'm excited for you both, and hopefully you'll both get to collaborate on more shows in the future. Um, uh, Jamina, what's your take on um, that that question? You know, what would be a show that you would show to an alien, or you know, what what, what exemplifies what we do? That's a very good question. A very difficult to answer. It's a hard question. It's an unfair <laughs> question in many ways. You've both got a lot of experience. So. Oh, damn you, Simon. You and your tricky uh, questions. We're not Spock and Kirk now. We couldn't be further apart. I love Paddington. I oh, love it with all my heart. I think oh, that yes, there's something about being able to make something that doesn't exist and create emotion and that thing that doesn't exist it only exists in the virtual world, transmits so much feeling and emotion. I think uh, yeah. you have to have a special kind of heart and sensibility to create something like that. And that's like the sum up of all the departments together. And what is a storytelling if it's not communicating emotions? And, and then, of course, Harry Potter. Okay, Harry Potter... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just like how we do characters. I like how we found a way to make something express so much emotions and feelings and translate what the actor is doing with the voice and doing with maybe in set or with motion capture to translate into virtual uh, digital imaging and yeah. And that's pretty amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? These these creatures that we we create from from nothing, yeah. Uh, yeah. computers can generate that level of emotion from human flesh and blood people. You know. Yeah. Great. Aren't you? There's a very uh, underdog kind of a movie. I think it's The Midnight Sky. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know about it. That I think we were also you know, using a lot of our other technologies in it, not just VFX. A lot of people don't know about it, but I liked that one, not just from the point of view of visual effects, but, you know, for the invisible visual effects that we had in it. Mm. You know, in case of gravity or, you know, like Jimena said, Paddington, it had something very impossible that was made possible. But sometimes, you know, invisible VFX is something that also needs to be appreciated. And Midnight Sky had that. Yeah. It frustrates me, uh, you know, that invisible VFX don't get enough plaudits. I mean, we've just been, we just woke yeah. up to the Oscar news that, that Maverick, our, our, our kind of uh, nomination for Maverick didn't get the Oh, yes, yes. Because, I you know, know, when you're going up against James Cameron and, you know, Avatar, I mean, but it is just the big, like, <laughs> the big VFX shows versus something that actually moves the story along. Always about the spectacle, yeah. right? And VFX has to always be about the yeah. spectacle, but. We need to appreciate this as well. A lot of people need to see the Midnight Sky to understand what exactly is the other side of visual effects. Mm -hmm. It's not just always about that beautiful spectacle that you see and you realize, oh, wow, there has to be that that little bit of, is this VFX or is this real kind of a thought? That is, you know, where the truth. The true artistry also comes in. It goes back to the storytelling and the character stuff, you know, that, you know, if you get to, I mean, I mean, Midnight Sky, I mean, I've talked about Top Gun Maverick as well. I mean, I did uh, two episodes uh, with, with some of the crew from, from Top Gun Maverick where I learned mm-hmm. so much about the art of invisible VFX and how they only had two jet, physical jet planes to work with and created all of that majesty. 
and it truly moves the story along. You take that out, and you've got a pretty uh, a pretty clunky movie. And yeah, I know. And it just that just needs to get the recognition it deserves. You know, I'm not just saying that because you know it was our entry that didn't get the Oscar. I think there has to be a separate category for invisible visual effects. I agree. I agree. There, there should be that. Completely. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting on my soapbox here. I need to calm down a bit. Come on, stay neutral. The job of the host. Stay neutral. <laughs> so, uh, what's a uh, what's a common myth about your job or role, Artsy? What do people get wrong about compositing? <laughs> compositing. Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny, but some people think I'm a music composer sometimes. Okay. Because it's compositing. All right, can they take a few letters out? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, so you're a composer? I said, no, no, I am a compositor. Uh, <laughs> then I say visual effects. You say uh, visual effects, okay? Uh, you you mean like cartoons? And you know, my father comes to my rescue then when you know I'm explaining it to one of his mates or his old school or college mates. He says, you know, you see all those impossible things happening on screen. Uh, that's what she makes happen. So he comes to my rescue. And now <laughs> I have picked this up from him. And I ended, end up explaining this to everybody who doesn't understand what I'm doing. So very common myth is there's still a lot to make people understand. They still think it's only one person doing the job. No, it's not one person. There is an army of people doing it. You have no idea how many iterations of a single one second shot uh, goes through to reach your eye. You may just look at it for a second, but hmm. there's hours of work behind it. People people still have that to understand. I think it's it's very common everywhere. Yeah. Like if people stay and watch the credits like they should, and I mean, unless it's a Marvel film where everybody stays for the you know, the post credit scene. Yeah, we stay for, stay the, for the names. <laughs> just, it should be, they shouldn't let you out of the cinema. Or they should have a setting in Netflix that means you have to watch the credits just to appreciate the amount of work that goes into these shots, you know, that make the make the show, you know, especially these days with, yeah. you know, the production values on episodic as well as film and commercial, the whole shebang, you know. It is. And there's still, you know, people, people need to understand this one thing that you may be looking at it for one second, but there's a lot of hard work behind it. This is something that needs to be emphasize yeah agree completely agree and again i'm in danger of getting on my soapbox i'm going to ask uh, jamina the same question what's your take on that common myth um common myth uh i studied cinema since i was very young so people never understood what i did or what was studying so everyone everything was like oh, you're learning to switch on a camera. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. If you want to think that, it's, it's okay. You, you can live your life with that knowledge. That's okay. So, and then if i interested in answer the question, I go into detail and I explain, you know the green screens? You know the blue screens and the things that we put on front and then the blue disappears and you have a set, uh, a design or something like that? That's what I do. Yeah, I just keep all way way simple but sometimes it's just like i like to see what, what people come up like oh um 
maybe that's a little bit mean, but uh, it gets to a point that why aren't you a doctor? It's more easy to explain. I know, I know. You know? It's not an easy <laughs> career to explain. I mean, there's, uh, we hear this a lot from parents. I mean, I think your your, your father, Artie, his uh, explanation is perfect. I mean, you don't hear about a lot about parents telling people what it is you do, because normally it's the parents who go, oh, no, they're in animation or they, you know. Yeah, I mean, he can't tell them what is a compositor, right? So he just puts it in the most layman terms. And I said, you know, that's a really good explanation. I can use it the next time somebody oh, yeah. asks me. Zimena, you could use it. Thank you. I think I would. I will. I told you there was a learning podcast. You know, you take yeah. It's more for the people listening, but it's also for the guests. You see, already already taking some tools away. So. We're getting into kind of life lessons, I guess, now, Artie, which is uh, particularly from a career point of view, is what's the most important lesson you've learned over the last 14 years in visual effects? Keep your patience and keep learning. Don't stop. That's the most important thing. As I said, you know, uh, it took quite some while to get the validation here at home. Uh, There's also going to be a lot of times, and this I don't say just as a you know, as a woman in this industry, I say for anybody that uh, there are times when you might doubt your your worth, but you need to get out of it as soon as possible and then work to it, towards it. Yeah. You know, having the having the patience to grow from a roto artist to a prep artist to a junior compositor to the most senior roles, that itself takes some time. So don't give up on it just because it's taking yeah, time. I right. think keeping patience is very important and to keep on developing, specifically your artistic skills, how you look at a shot. Also, but you know, artistic skills are very, um, they change from person to person. What may be right for you may not be right for me. But at least, at you know, after spending enough time, I can at least say that, you know, this is why I think this is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you may have your perspective, but, you know, this is what I think also. This is my reason of reaching... Uh, this output for a specific shot or a sequence and you tell me how do we take it forward yeah so it, it is a combination of you know keeping some patience yeah developing your skills and developing the confidence in yourself where you could at least talk and say that this is why i have done this but you know i i am always open to changes i'm open to take it further and take even your viewpoint in don't don't be a closed box like no this is what i did no you, you need to be accommodated yeah, like you say, you're always learning, aren't you? What, what I find quite interesting speaking to a lot of visual effects artists is, you know, we always talk about uh, it, it as a craft. You know, you're learning a craft. And if you look at it, music, or I mean, my, my little boy's learning to play the piano or at least doing drums. Mm. And that doesn't happen. You don't become like Dave Grohl overnight. You know, you're going to be no, you don't. working, learning from people. It's not just learning from teachers, but learning, as you said earlier, Artie, you know, looking over people's shoulders, seeing what other people are doing, you know, going you know youtube video film art uh, we talked a lot about this on patricia's episode about you know going to galleries and appreciating photography particularly in 2d right as compass yeah. appreciating lighting and our composition you know, talk, you know not musical composition again, but, you know, <laughs> you know artist composition. but I, it's genuinely we talk about visual effects as a craft rather than a job you know anybody can come in and do a job anybody can go right put the widget on the bottle or you know tick these boxes but Visual effects is something you're always honing, and the software is always changing. Right? You're always, you, you always, you always have to be one step ahead because you know that the there could be a new piece of software on the block that you have to relearn. Right? Is that fa- is that fair to say, Artie? It is, and, and and you know, as I said, 
there's there's no one perfect way of reaching an output yeah there are always multiple ways so just be able to say why you did what you did and how you reached there so you know that does half your job at least the person in front of you your supervisor or your lead has that confidence that okay my artist or my lead knows what he or she has done and i can give him more responsibilities mm-hmm. brilliant thank you uh, shimena what's your take on that do you have a yeah, what's, do you have a lesson you've learned in your your time in visual effects? Because I know you've had a lot of time in various studios too. Uh, don't be afraid. Ask questions. Ask all the questions. Be really annoying and ask questions all the time. If you have something that is tickle you and you think, oh, should I ask, ask the worst thing that could happen? They're going to say no. You're being silly. Doesn't matter. Just ask. Get it out of your head. Put it out there. And, and be outspoken. Uh, be yourself. Uh, don't let other people uh, eat your <laughs> your your energy to be curious. You know, because that sometimes happens. There are people who have big personalities, mm-hmm. and uh, it could be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. And you're like like a little mouse in the corner asking a question just go for it and it yeah. nothing nothing will happen uh, and also who cares just ask your questions and that's the only way to move forward just uh, and also you're everyone is doing the same thing everyone is working the same project so you might ask the questions and someone else will come out and say hey actually i was thinking about that this morning and i came up with this and you'll say fantastic thanks great advice yeah i mean we, again we talk about this a lot on the pod about curiosity always asking questions don't be afraid people are another you know even if it is a question that is deemed as obvious doesn't matter because yeah. it won't be remembered because people are, you, you, you're all so busy on these shows nobody's going to go oh that question that Artie asked you the other day that was a bit random nobody's going to say that because you'll be on to the next challenge and the next problem solved and also if they say something like that that will tell you more about them as a human being than someone that will go and say you have this doubt don't worry come with me i will help you sort it out like nobody knows everything yeah i mean if somebody claims to know everything, Run that's away. a farce. I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a farce. It, it can't be true. There's, you can't know everything. There's every time something else to learn, yeah. something new. Always, always. Um, amazing. Well, uh, we're going to be talking about a career advice shortly, so save some of that gold for that question. But I wanted to lean into the, the next question, Artie, which is uh, who's been your most important professional mentor? Who would you cite as being that golden mentor, that person who... You can always go to. Uh, it it can't be just one because I've come across, I've gone through so many studios. But you know, uh, I don't want a name. But uh, one of my leads in Red Chilies, uh, you know, gave me a very good advice. And that point of time, I was a junior compositor, so I think it came at the right point of time. Mm-hmm. He said to me uh, that you know, Arthi, your shot is in front of you the whole day. And you're going to look at it multiple times, whereas the supervisor might look at it for maybe five or ten minutes. Yeah. So just try to know as much as you can about your shot, whatever information, whatever little bit it be. Mm-hmm. Uh, try gathering as much information as you can. I think that advice has just stuck with me. I wouldn't say I'm following it in everything, but that was one of the most important advices that came to me mm. uh, in the most initial years of my career. Wow. And 
and I like that part. I think I try following it every single time. You know, every time I have been assigned a shot, um, I go and see on the shotgun that of you know our production software that what are the things related to that I should know about. What are the things that are still yet to come, or what is being completed? Yeah. What stages you know are assigned for that shot? Uh, when does it need to be finished? So. I kind of picked it up from there. Mm, that's great. Yeah, so it's like literally knowing that shot back to front, you know, everything under under the skin, you know, being the expert. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I know everything, but I always make an effort to know as much as I can. Yeah, to understand as much as you can. That's really, really good. That's great advice from that mentor as well. You're welcome to name him or her, you know, you're welcome or them. <laughs> or them. Um, but uh, it's completely up to you as to what you feel comfortable with, Artie. Jimena, um, what's your take on that? Do you have a, a great mentor that you'd like to shout out on the podcast? I think the artists, right? There are no one mentor. You have multiples. And when you're growing up in your career, uh, you will find people that will say something that will change the perspective of how you see everything. And it will push you to your next step. And it's just like a tiny intervention. I say, just look at this. And you go like, oh, that's right. So, but if I'm going to name names, uh, I think Patricia, yep. it was excellent when I started in the company that I was, I had a lot of insecurities and she was like, I felt like she got me and she helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Max Last, that it was the lead in Loco, um, because Lockwood, um, it should be a great person for you to talk with. Um, then uh, Claudia, uh, this is it's going it's going to be one of our compositor supervisors. Uh, has a lot of experience and knows a lot about how to swim around uh, this profession. Uh, and then I don't know. There's there's so many people. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean right now. I'm very lucky that I have Ivan Sorrent as my comp supervisor and he's great. He takes the time. He's playing everything extremely well. Uh, and then there's a lot of people in production that are, we, we, sometimes we don't talk a lot about production, but we will be nothing without the production team. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's quite a list there, Jimena. Thank you. Sorry. No, I, no. Really. You, you forced me. This is McCartism. Communism. Name names. No, name names. These are all future podcast guests. This is great. You know, I'll, uh, I'm always adding that question's coming later as well. So I'll keep adding the uh, adding them to the, the hit list. This is really, really good. Really, really good. Um, but yeah, you, your point there about kind of lots of mentors, both of you mentioned that actually there's never really one mentor in this industry. And actually, a nice call back to his dark materials that you both worked on. So Russell Dodgson's episode, he talked, he, he coined the phrase uh, micro mentors, which I love. I've never used that term before until uh, Russell dropped it on the pod. And I'm using it all the time now because you're surrounded by micro mentors. Like you said, you know, the, yeah, somebody right. will go, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Do, you know, or, you know or somebody will just give you that great nugget that you mentioned, RT at Red Chilies, you know, that, you know, own your shot, you know, however it was put. Right. Boom. That's all you need sometimes from a mentor. Right. Okay. Next one, please. You know, next mentor, <laughs> get in line. But yeah, that idea of a community of mentors, micro mentors, I think is wonderful uh, and so important for sure. Anyway, that was my bit. So again, went off on a bit of a tangent there. So I'm going to keep the keep the uh, the train chugging along. And we're going to ask the next question in the dailies, which is one of my favorite questions. 
What underrated tool or tools are indispensable for your job, Artie? What does what doesn't get enough credit? I love key light for some okay. reason. I just love it. Uh, it's you know the reason is it's not just used for keying. Mm-hmm. You can even do your edge blending. You can do your despill. You can extract a good detail of matte from it. It can also be used for the purpose of additive keying. I used it for all of it. So you know that's 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 how underrated it is. People when you think of key light, key light, you're like. Okay, so you just want me to keep it? No, there are other things that you can do with it. Okay. And a lot of people either know about it and have other tools at their, you know, disposal so they don't pick it up. But it is, you know, sometimes uh, you have so many add-on tools at your disposal that you don't look at the basics that are already available in Nuke. Hmm. So I think that's that's one tool. I, you know, I still haven't learned the whole of it. Okay. There's still so much more to learn on that one specific tool. But then whatever I have come across, I, I found it amazing. So I really think it needs to be given more credit. Okay, that's it. So Keylight, you heard it here, needs more credit. Very much <laughs> the rated tool. Because sometimes we get rated tools thrown in on the part, which is not allowed so you know very much underrated tool and you've, you've explained it very well yeah and you know it's it's just basic it's there in new you don't need a plugin for it it's all there waiting for you yes amazing uh Samana, do you agree with that i yes i agree i think uh there is there is a reason why key light is still there and helping us every day there you go okay right the campaign starts today excellent answer thank you <laughs> So same question, I knew, not same question, I'm going to ask this question to both of you because it's an important one. This is almost the kind of, uh, the reason why a lot of our listeners listen to the podcast is the piece of advice. So what's one piece of advice, one golden nugget you'd give to someone starting out in your field, whether they're at Framestore or whether they're listening externally? You know, what's a, uh, a great piece of advice you would offer up, Artie? Find your calling. Uh, that's very important because... If you're just going to pick up something because of herd mentality or something that somebody else tells you is good for you, yeah. that's not going to help you. That's, you know, There'll be one point in your life where you'll think, why am I here? Yeah. Whereas, you know, when I look back at the journey that I've had and where I am today, the thought that comes to my mind is, even today is, what more can I do in my field? Yeah. It's never about why am I here or what am I doing here? No. It's always about what more. So if, if, you, if you don't find your calling, if you don't realize what you're good at, and, you know, take your time. Uh, don't, don't be in a hurry that, you know, I, I finished my schooling. Now I need to know this. Mm. No, take a little bit of time. Sit, analyze what are you good at? What are your minuses? What is it that you truly enjoy? Because at the end of the day, you know, you are working almost 8 to 12 hours. That's one third of your day. If you don't enjoy it or if you don't like it, you're not going to be happy. And that unhappiness is going to spill into other parts of your life. Yeah, find your calling. Yeah, easier said than done, but really, really great advice, isn't it? Because there's a lot of... And stick to your guns. As I said, stick to your guns. You, you need to. Then stick to it. Don't leave it. But I like that piece around, you know, you know um, yeah, exploring, you know, what, what your calling could be. Um, you know, pushing yourself, what more can you do in your field? I really like that. 
because a lot of people go right i'm a compositor now that's my calling but actually so how can i break the mold of it how what else can i do you know it's like me and my job you know i've been i'm in learning and training but you know you could argue that podcasting isn't part of my job description necessarily you know so again it's trying to find a new way for people to learn but it's no different to what you're doing in comp it's you know how can you change the game what can you do differently what can you experiment with what can you what more, what more what can we do can it's always about what more what more i love that there's always more you can learn we talk sorry i'm getting all passionate again but you know <laughs> at a certain point in your career and it's like nobody ever makes it that's one of my challenges is you've never made it at whatever level you're at if you're whatever you've reached the peak of you know ceo of paper clips or whatever you know that there's there's always more you can do there's always more you can learn there's always more you can get into and i think that's a really important message there yes. Artie. thank you Oh, great. I'm loving this conversation. We're, we're already well over time, but we're going, I'm going with this. It's going to be a slightly longer episode, but I'm sure people are enjoying it as much as I am. Um, okay. Um, sorry, um, Jimena, I didn't ask you your, your piece of advice you'd, you'd offer. Oh, please, um, please do tell. Uh, listen to your gut. Mm. Listen to, to, to yourself. Be yourself. Uh, don't try to f- get into someone else's shape of mold. Mm. Uh, what it makes you different is what are going to bring value don't try to I hear a lot when I was starting like you have to negotiate and behave as a man when they're talking when they're comping like there they don't get frustrated they do this they do they, they demand what they want and it's like yep. and then I realized this is this is silly advice I'm gonna do it my way my way for negotiating for comp is being myself yeah. Don't try to fit in anyone's little box or shape. And I think that when you're started, there's a lot of insecurities that come up. Yeah, uh, Artie talked about um, herd mentality. And I love the point you raise around uh, authenticity and being yourself, because that speaks absolutely to what Artie was saying about don't be part of the herd. I love the term herd mentality or group think. You know, it's all about being your your authentic self, which we talked about right at the start of the episode right so important yep yeah so we're almost wrapping up part one arty um and i've seen uh Zemina, um frantically taking notes and she talked about um she asks lots of questions so brace yourself it's going to be an interesting part two for sure probably more more of a, <laughs> a, a grilling than this one um but I'm going to ask another one of my favorite questions on the pod, which is what's one question you wish I'd asked you and how would you have answered it? Uh, you know, since you're part of the mentorship uh, program, I would have loved it if you'd asked me, what do I want to learn next? You know, apart from just being a mentor, what do I want to be mentored in? Because I do, I do have a subject for that. And maybe, you know, after the podcast, I'll, I'll get to you on that. Yeah, please do. Please do. Okay. Okay. So that's an answer. So yeah, people aren't allowed to hear that answer then, but it's a question you wish I'd asked. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, so we're going to connect off. There's, there's more to learn. There's always more to learn. And it's always good to keep growing. Excellent. So Artie, we're going to get you a mentor as part of the Global Mentoring Program. Brilliant. <laughs> that's, yes, that's literally... Uh, yeah living and breathing learning as you said earlier you're not just talking about it we're going to follow up i may not get a degree for it but that's all right I, i'm still learning I can't give you a piece of paper for it Artie. i'm afraid <laughs> it's just uh, you just get the gift of knowledge yeah. um but that's that's awesome i love that okay right so last couple of questions before we wrap up part one is uh 
and we talked a little bit about this earlier, is who would you like to hear on the Framestore podcast next and why? You know, if you've got any, who would you like to go through the Framestore dailies questions? I, I would want somebody who has been a part of Framestore since its inception. And I'm not talking about the founders. No. Uh, okay. I think all of us know the founders. Uh, we've heard them. We know about them. Yeah. Uh, I've had... I've had the fortune of speaking to them in person. But I would rather want to hear from people who have been there since its inception and would like to learn or know from them how did it come to where it is today? How were these steps designed of, you know, not just being contained in their studio in London, but growing from there? Mm -hmm. I think I would I would like I would love to know that. And you know, also Framestore is not just about the visual effects. You know, there, there's so many more things that Framestore is involved in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah true. So I, I would want somebody to, you know, enlighten everyone about that. I love that. So there's almost two options there. I, I, I love that you've got, you know, a, potentially somebody who was there from the beginning, much like you are at Mumbai RT, <laughs> you know, one of the, arguably one of the founders of the Mumbai studio, one of the early. You're very kind with your words, Simon. You're very kind. Oh, you know. That's, that's, that's my job. Um, but yeah, I love that you want to have uh, something, someone comparable from back in the day when Framestore uh, was, uh, was, was built. Um, so that's, that's a great point. And to your point, I'm very, always very keen with the podcast to get lots of different perspectives from the wider, uh, the wider melting pot of Framestore. Yes. So we, we, get, we have a lot more guests from IA. We've, we've had crewing represented, mm -hmm. keen to, to get Eugenie on to talk about um rides we've had carl talking about immersive so lots more different corners all four corners of the frame store yes. uh, multiverse um, to coin a phrase um and my next question is the question it's the real reason why people listen to the podcast they don't care about all this tech stuff they don't care about thing. <laughs> they want to know if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life arty what would it be it's the big one it's the big guns what's the what's the go-to culinary dish okay uh can it be a combination of two things or? Maybe. It depends what yeah. it is. Why don't you try me out? Okay, good. Uh, one of them has to be rice. Okay. And yes. anything with it. It can be a curry. You could give me a dal, which is, you could call it a lentil soup of some kind. Yeah, I know. I know dal well. And, yeah. Or you could just give me stir-fried vegetables. You could give me fried eggs with it. Give me anything, but just make sure it's with rice. What's your go-to rice? White rice, brown rice, you know, red rice. What's the what, basmati rice? Do we go yes, in? Yes, basmati rice. I love basmati rice. Well, my my wife is uh, Mauritian Indian, so I've got a big. Uh, oh. My, my mother-in-law came over yesterday with a massive pot of dal. So I literally I can I could show you the pot. Amazing! It's the most incredible dish ever. I want to make some fifteen kind of dals just because I love dal. I love dal. I think we go with dal and rice then for your main dish. With basmati yeah. rice and, and and some good some good Any, dal anything with it you know just rice is the main thing okay well, we're not allowed to have anything that's cheating but we'll let mm. you have dal but you know the <laughs> thing is it's also a whole meal if you have carbs and you have proteins you're done yeah yeah because of everything because you could have a sausage on there you could have a a roast chicken. I, i'm i'm yeah. all right with that if you give okay. it to me all right okay you can have that as it's you you can have that what about you samina what's your um what's your uh, desert island dish Desert Island dish. 
Ooh, it has to be something that you get used to to eat every day, right? Um, I like the idea of rice and with lentils, it's yummy. Now you're copying my answer. Yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I think that uh, lentils, lentils, it could be lentejas, uh, lentils like arti. Yeah, yeah, it could be okay. nutritious. It fills you up, full of iron, energy. Boom. Well, lentils is a big theme on the podcast. And Patricia said the same thing. She had a Spanish <laughs> stew as well. Right. So, yeah. It has turned out to be a nutrition call. I know, right? You... We're also giving nutrition advice. Everybody's taking this question very seriously. It's about, you know, I need nutritional content, you know, in, in the apocalypse. Well, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you have one option, <laughs> well, I can, I know, chocolate eclairs. I want chocolate eclairs until the day I die. Is that better? That will give you diversity. Correct answer. Boom. Done it. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, right. Before we let you go, I must ask the one question, which is not an official part of the Frame Store Dailies, but it was uh, it was almost birthed at, on our first episode by Sergio Gonzalez, our Unreal in 3D trainer. He hates that I mention him on every episode. But he did <laughs> answer the question, um, what question I wish I'd asked him with uh, what music he listens to while he works. So since then, we've been curating oh, wow. a Spotify Frame Store Dailies playlist um, with nominated songs so as compositors i imagine you've got your earbuds in listening to some good tunes arty yes. what's your would you have a go-to couple of tracks or artists that you listen to that you'd like to feature on the the playlist i like listening to the soundtracks by hans Zimmer. i'm very fond of them it could, it could be yes. any movie one of the reasons is it's music okay but if and i'm if i'm in a really peppy mood and i need uh, some words it could be any any song, either it could be from Beyonce. I'm also very fond of Taylor Swift. Okay. But I have to be in that mood. And the worst part is I will put it on loop and listen it the whole day. Which nice. Which Wicked. which might irritate the person beside me. So I keep the volume low. Nice. <laughs> I love I love Hans Zimmer. Uh, the Interstellar soundtrack is amazing. But I love it. Interstellar, the... but there's also Dark Knight, there's Dark Knight Rises, yeah, there's some cool. nice. the Nolan stuff, yeah. I love that. That's something I hear. And it also doesn't disturb you, you know. It just gets you in the mood. Recently, I also came across the original soundtrack for the latest Batman. And I liked that too. It's a good soundtrack, that one. Yeah. And you know, there's this, there's this amazing movie. It's, it's a French movie, I think. Uh, it's called Cinema Paradiso, if I'm not wrong. Ah, yeah, classic movie, yeah. Oh my God, the music in it is just heart-wrenching. It's it's beautiful. Oh, I love that. We need we need to get some classical stuff on the on the. No, Cinema Paradiso is very old, and I had heard it uh, playing on one of my head of studio's uh, playlist, and I loved it so much that I searched it the same day, and I heard it, and I've I've been hooked to it since then. It's beautiful. Oh, amazing. Well, uh, your task, apart from me finding you a mentor, is to uh, send me a couple of tracks for the playlist, Artie. You should also listen to A.R. Rahman then. He's oh, our, yeah. yeah. He's our Indian Mozart. You shouldn't call him Mozart. He's he's just A.R. Rahman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He should be on his own terms. Brilliant. Thank you for answering that, Artie. So, you know, I'd love to ask you what you'd like on the, the playlist as well. We need to at least one track from you. Oh, my. Uh... What you listen to? Um, right now, I'm listening to Fleetbook Mac. 
and I'm listening to Gorillaz. So oh, uh, okay. I, yeah, I'm I listen to everything. It's I like the mix mix it mix it up a little bit. Wonderful. I like that. Okay, well, same 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 order for both of you is to get us a couple of tracks to beef out the playlist. Um, it's quite an eclectic playlist, but it'd be nice to get a few classics on there for sure. Um, so thank you both. What a great part one. We covered a lot in that episode. Um, we've got part two coming up next this Thursday, where Zemina is going to take over. Like I say, I've seen that notepad. It's a very large notepad. There's going to be a lot of questions. Hopefully we'll pack it into the half an hour running time. But for now, I'd like to say thank you to you both. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed that conversation. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Thanks for having us, Simon. Well, that was part one. Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast this Thursday, where Zmina takes over proceedings as co-host and interviews Artie. We'll see you then. Thank you.